So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 34. It's Selma, a brand designer is this good. stuff you do is just super sleek and elegant yeah and yeah it's really nice stuff gorgeous i'm gushing okay all right we're gonna start <laughs> okay let's do it i'm kirk Visola. i'm the founder and creative director of mind the font and i'm here with my good friend andy kurtz founder and creative director of buttermilk creative and this is the kirk and kurtz packaging design podcast <laughs> Uh, well, once again, we have another guest on, and this has kind of become the format for us. But today's guest um, is one of the people I low-key stalk on LinkedIn, and <laughs> I admire her work, and I've just commented on her post, and everything she does is just so amazing. Um, Selma Makwi is a designer based... Where are you based now? Are you up in Portland, or...? I'm based in Iran. Oh, Iran. Okay, so you're, you're in Iran. In, you're in okay. Iran right now. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Well, geez, there we go. I was like, why is there such a time difference? But Kirk's not very smart. Um, Soma Makwi <laughs> is an incredible designer. You can see her work online. If you go on LinkedIn, you go on Dribble, Twitter, just everywhere. And I am just so happy to have her on today, Selma. Thank you so much for coming on with us. How are you doing? Uh, thank you, and I'm super happy to be here with you today, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate your nice feedbacks and everything nice that you just told about me. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. It's it's all true. I, I wouldn't have said it or I wouldn't have you on this this podcast mm -hmm. if, or Annie and I wouldn't if we didn't like you. So 100% true, and, and we love it. Um, one of the questions I always ask to our our guest is, how did you get into design? What made you get into it? Well, to be honest, I, I actually didn't mean to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, actually, All right. And we're done. Thank you so much for coming on, Selma. <laughs> I, I, actually, I used to be a teacher. Then oh. I just realized it's not for me. I was, uh, I've been also doing photography and you see some of my work in the background. Yeah. I, I still do photography, but it's my passion. I didn't want to make a living out of photography and I was also tired of teaching and it was kind of, it sounded like very boring and it was not me. So I just wanted to do something more creative, you know, my, my creative, Side, my artistic side, whatever you call it. But I didn't want to just do photography for a living. I wanted to keep it pure art, 
then I just uh, and I also had some criteria like being uh, able to work from anywhere anytime and with people mm -hmm. from around the world sort of things that I just uh, try, wanted to give graphic design a try it uh, just uh, thought it's something it was something that I could do I started taking courses then I gradually fell in love with that pro process of design and just solving problems yes and making brands later on but yeah yeah that's that was not actually a great passion in the beginning but then gradually I just uh kind of fell in love uh yeah yeah well it, it, sh <laughs> it shows it's yeah most it, people it seems like Go ahead, Andy. Sorry, I was just gonna say it seems like even though that wasn't your goal um, for a career path, you had a great eye to begin with, and it just sort of like caught up, like your career caught up with your talent. <laughs> yes, and, and, and most people, and, yeah, yeah, most people don't say, "Oh, I'm just gonna get into design uh, and make it happen, and then do as well as you have." It's that's yeah. even more impressive because. For those who are listening, there are certain aspects of design, of course, that you can learn. You can learn different relationships and how things work together. But the actual execution and problem solving, as you mentioned, Selma, is, is so difficult at times. And I I have a text chain with, with Andy and a couple other friends, and we always bounce ideas off each other because it's, it's never one solution, but there's always ways to get to a solution. And the fact different that different ways to look at it. Yeah. And the fact that you, you do such the work that you do is truly amazing. I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous. It's like, Oh, I don't want to do photography or teach. I'm going to become a designer. I just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, what, what are some of the challenges that you faced when you, when you first got in and, and you're trying to wrap your head around it, you said that, I, I don't know if I can do this and it's frustrating. I'm not liking it. What kind of got you over that little hurl or hump? Like, how did you know that this was something you wanted to do after you got into it, design? Actually, I started out as a logo designer, but then gradually I realized very soon, actually, I realized that it's not doing anything important like it's not adding any value to my clients and it's sort of you know about beauty and you have to see it as a simple mark that is not adding anything to their business then i just realized uh how how else i can just solve the solve bigger problems by doing design then i just got into mm -hmm. branding and got into <clears throat> a brand strategy i'm not a strategist but I do it prior to my design work, like because you need to do, you need to actually know what exactly you're going to take your client from, you know, your point A, your point B, and the journey and the bridge that uh, you create uh, between these two points. That that was something that uh, I thought is adding more value to the work that I am doing. And the real challenge, to be honest, is to make people believe in their potential, like believe in their oh, brands yeah. and be believe in their like uh, power 
to make the world a better place. Like this is something that I personally, um, let's say I want to do with my clients. I believe every brand, every business has the potential to make the world a better place. Because if you have a business, you have some um, people, uh, some audience out there. Right who are listening to you, who are believing in you. And that's something very, very valuable. And you just need to take advantage of that uh, like opportunity to make the world a better place, to go beyond your products and services and to do something more important and to leave a legacy rather than just selling something and just being, uh, let's say, concerned about more revenue, more money, and these sort of stuff. Just this is something that I see as the biggest challenge uh, when working with clients, just making them believe in their power and believe in their potential to uh, make the world a better place and go beyond their services and products. Yeah, that's, God, that's so great. I'm so glad you said that. It's, and I, I didn't really understand branding versus logo design myself mm-hmm. until until I don't know, eight or nine years ago, because branding has become so important that the logo itself isn't always that important. It's everything else surrounding it. I mean, if you have a really well-developed brand and Loop said this, Loop Hero, I have to credit that a well-delivered brand is way better than a well-designed one. So Mm -hmm. the entire idea of you delivering something to people and you said you're not you don't you don't do business strategy, but you under or branding strategy, but you do understand the idea behind it and its importance, and how that plays so much more prominently into uh, going into different marketplaces and having a following and have, making sure that you're making the proper impact than just having a logo. And I tell you what, uh, Andy pushed me today on a design that I was doing for a client. Um, and I was transferring a, a packaging design from a jar to a pouch and I'm showing it and he's like, well, it doesn't look like what they have now and that's all they're asking for. So you need to push it. And I just, I was so upset because I knew he was right. It's like, God <laughs> damn it, you bastard. You're right. You're absolutely right. You you are forcing me to to really push what the idea of the brand is rather than just making it look cool. And I, and that is so important that you mentioned that and the impact that brands can have in, in our world and as far as things go. I I was gonna add real quick, I, I like this perspective and, and point of view and it's what we try to um, infuse in our clients too. It is empowering them to also make the, the decisions too around their mm-hmm. The, around the designs that we're working on. It's like, this is your brand that we're creating something that you should feel really good about. And you should be able to make that decision on whether to go with concept A, B or C or whatever. And because of the power and the, um, not the power, but like the, the history that you have with this brand and what you've put into it so far, you have the right to make this decision. And, and, you know, just, you know, cause sometimes, you know, you get some clients that are sort of waffly and they, you know, they want to ask a bunch of 
other people, you know, for advice and stuff. And it's like, no, you're the founder, you're the owner. This is your thing. Like, yeah. do it. Pull yeah. the trigger. You know, like just you have you are empowered to do this. And then also, real quick, with empowering clients, like giving them the assets and all the the um additional brand elements that they can then bring this brand to life in the world. I mean, hopefully, you know, they hire us and you to do that, but <laughs> but they also have that toolkit to bring it to life because that's also important, you know, and like, yeah, um, yeah, they just feel like they're empowered. It's like they own a piece of this now. It's not just a designer that created this in a vacuum. You, yeah. you brought them along the journey. It sounds uh-huh. like you do that, Selma. Uh, you know, Selma, confidence is key. And you mentioned that earlier that you want to be able to give the brand confidence they need to make decisions and do things now i was stalking you on i mean i was looking at your stuff (laughs) on twitter your your tweets as they call them and there was something you said i need to i'm really hindered or i'm paraphrasing of course i really get in my own head sometimes and i suffer from imposter syndrome and i think as designers and a lot of people who are creative we either A, always doubt what we're doing, or B, compare our work to other people's work as not being good enough. And then all that self-doubt starts creeping in. Is this good enough? Is this, am I doing this right? What, what are some of the things you've done in your career to help you try to get over that, that loop or that hurdle? Like, how do you focus on not being an imposter? Mm-hmm. Well, there are some personal techniques that just help me to get out of that, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, as you call it. Like when I, whenever I learn, I'm learning something new, it makes me feel better about myself. Like learning is, it never fails. You know, I always feel better when I'm learning something. So because of that, I have premium premium accounts and a lot of those online learning platforms like Masterclass, Skillshare, and lots of other uh, online schools that whenever I feel I'm stuck, I just go and watch something, even, you know, for a few minutes, it makes me feel better. And when I stop overthinking, overthinking, I just go out and just do something, create something like maybe even doodling or something just comes out of my mind and just creating something right mm-hmm. and not just uh for you know showing people my work just for myself just doing something for mm-hmm. myself it also makes me feel better about myself and these are some personal stuff that i do uh but the best is as i said learning something new it never fails nice. i like that that's yeah. That's the teacher. That's the teacher, teacher. in you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're just, you're just bringing that back, that, that, um, teaching aspect of your soul back into the world and getting back to those roots. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's so, that's so neat. I, I have a hard time learning new things because I think it ties into my patience and my expected result versus the actual learning process. Like, I don't think about the fact that I've been doing design for over two decades. And when I get on a computer and I get into Adobe Illustrator or whatever, I, I don't use the tools. I just use all shortcuts and I'm working on stuff. 
So I'm so used to just going at my own speed and own pace to do things that if I try something new, it makes me feel it makes me feel inadequate. But I love the fact that it makes you feel empowered. Like I love that that you're thinking, all right, I'm learning something new, which means that I'm capable of learning and and this helps me understand that my role in design and somehow you connect those two. I just, I just couldn't. Um, that's difficult for me. So Actually, I had, I had this bad experience when I was uh, when I um, was a teacher. At some point, I just started to suffer a lot. Then I just stopped to think what exactly I'm suffering, and that's what is what exactly is actually annoying for me about my job i realized that i had stopped learning at some point of my career you know mm. when as a teacher so learning for me uh, gives that sense of moving forward like uh if i stop learning i feel stuck and that's you know i don't want that experience to happen again and i just don't want to uh feel that you know feeling that i had back then again so i just um i'm very careful about you know uh, learning new things yeah. and kind of you know obsessed with learning and that's sort of people are different actually it may not work for you but that works for me as a person yeah. it's great i wish i could be obsessed with learning um I'm, i i mean i don't i don't know if it's just i'm lazy or i just don't care enough it's one of those two but yeah I, in my case, I get infatuated with something new. Like I'm going to learn this new Adobe app or whatever. And for a good week, I'll be totally obsessed with it and it'll consume me, but I won't get that good at it. <laughs> and then I'll, and then it just drops off. But I do think that to your point, Selma, the, the value of like triggering different parts of my brain for that little short period of time has done its job. And I don't, I don't need to master the new app. I just needed that sort of like rewiring it's done. And now I can resume my stuff, you know, illustrator InDesign, Photoshop that I know through and through and, and, or, or whatever the, um, the different thing might be. But yeah, I, I have a big problem with just getting infatuated with stuff and then falling out of love with the, with the, the project very quickly. Um, yeah. I'm, I've told Kirk this before, but well, I guess last episode, but me and a, one of my neighbors, we're going to start brewing kombucha together. And it, I know when, as soon as it left my mouth, when I told my wife, <laughs> she, she rolled her eyes. Cause she was like, this is yet another just bizarre <laughs> rabbit hole that Andy, Andy's going to go down. And I'm going to have to deal with these bottles of fermenting liquid for Lord knows how long uh, <laughs> with the potential that they're going to explode or whatever. But that's the thing. Like, I mean, it, it, it my point is it goes beyond like computer stuff and like right. design stuff. Like right. it's fun to learn other, just other practices or um, yeah, other, other things to do, yeah. especially with your hands. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. As creative people, we need different experiences, and you know, mm -hmm. we we need different dots, like yeah. to be able to just connect those, uh, like seemingly unrelated dots, and create new connections and 
to do something creative. You know, if we just uh, are focused on our own, you know, let's say, field as creatives, I think it will, uh, it won't work after, uh, you know, certain point. We won't be able to be as creative as we used to be. We need those different dots in our wow. resume. Like we have explore different things and just I do for example photography I sometimes like uh, uh, do very uh, silly stuff just for the sheer <laughs> fun of it or just that mm -hmm. experience that different as you said triggering different parts of your brain and creating different mm -hmm. dots so later on who knows you know where and when you're going to use those dots and create and make new connections solve new problems and yeah. these are uh i think very important for us as creatives yeah i love it yeah i love that you said it because now i'm thinking about it i i picked up sewing and i make my own clothes <laughs> and so not not make my own clothes that's a lie i sew tags on my own clothes but my mother-in-law taught me how to use a sewing machine so like i feel comfortable like sewing things now i also write um and draw on occasion used to play the trumpet i have to get back into that but you're so right. Like we need an outlet. Us creatives need an outlet. It's just how our brains are wired. And it's, it's speaking of which, the fact that you are a woman uh, means that your brain's wired differently than, than ours. And also, it also means that you've received treatment that probably hasn't been received as well as myself or even Andy, who's on the top of the design echelon being a white male, uh, have, have received. <laughs> What are some of, like, when you got into this, what were some of the challenges that you faced being a female in the design field? If you could think of something, you don't have to, like, cite a specific thing, but I'm sure you can think of instances where, well, that wasn't I nice. I thought about, you know, the challenges um, of being, you know, a female in design industry. I never, you know, I, I don't remember anything specific, but I can see just that, good things that are happening because i'm uh, a female in this industry because i because of the connections that i can have with my clients i just uh at, you know as a female we are more we, we tend to be more spiritual than you male <laughs> uh you males and that's you know some sort create a different level of you know uh experience for the clients like they are feeling more heard and understood because you know I can be you know that's that female part of me is more like com compassionate and more and showing more sympathy and that they feel you know more comfortable with me um, I can see that because yeah, I'm yeah. sorry I didn't mean to talk over you no I'm sorry go ahead I'm okay I, I can say you know as you're talking about males being unsensitive and I totally interrupted you. Um, I can I, I can see that because oftentimes we can come across as being a bit aggressive or not listening or interrupting in, in the middle of you saying something. Um, so that makes sense. So the fact that you said that, God, it only just fucking solidifies the point that we're a bunch of Neanderthals for for lack of a better term. Well, I wonder, I wonder how much um, this shift over the past few years to a lot of freelancers working with brands 
smaller content creators working with brands, how much the um, hyper masculinity of like the madman and, you know, mm. like the, the sort of traditional ad agency, you know, I'm the man, I know what your solution is and here it is like how much that's changed because now a lot of these brand owners and, and, and founders aren't necessarily, that's not their touch point. They don't, they didn't go to work with an agency, a big agency right out of the gate. They worked with a freelancer or a smaller entrepreneur. And so I wonder how much this has changed the perception of design and has opened a bit of a door to you know, to, to like have more perspectives and not so much, so heavily, you know, masculine. I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I, I'm lucky enough, just like Kirk to have an amazing wife and she's our studio <laughs> director. And she happens to be the um, target audience of the bulk of our clients in the food and beverage space. So every design I make, I'm like, Nicole, what do you think? Nicole, what do you think? Would you buy this? And because I'm looking at it through the perspective of my, you know, who I am, and she's going to be the one that will literally be the one that will either walk by it or pick it off the shelf. So, um, so I think it's very important to have that viewpoint. I don't, I, it's hard to think of another, you know, a, a you know, a male run organization that delivers on that type of right. work. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting perspective and I, I like it because it's like you, Selma, you've like tapped into it and you're able to capitalize on the fact that you're a female and not necessarily, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, you, you've been able to tap into to clients that have been able to recognize that value. Right. And, and, I, and I think, too, you do great work. Um, yeah. Well, is... that. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Speaking of great work, I, I kind of want to dig into your process as far as when you start a project. You talked about brand strategy and you talked about um, thinking of solutions. Like when I when I get a project, there's a certain series of steps that I follow uh, to make sure that I'm doing it the proper way. What about you? Do you have a certain rhythm or system or thing that you use in order to get started on on your branding? Yes, yeah, of course, I do have a system that I follow in most of my projects, but of course it's flexible and you can have different things like changed based on the requirements on the project. But normally it starts with a few uh, discovery sessions, like getting to know the project that that's, you know, that making that confidence that just uh, talking into your clients and trying to find their true identity as a brand and trying to find their true potential and what they want to stand for and you know not talking about design yet just talking about their identity as a brand they why they are doing what they are actually doing and these sort of stuff and where we have a clear understanding and we just uh have some exciting stuff just discovered through the calls I get into uh, making some stylescapes, like uh, to you know, actually to um, uh, see which design direction we are going to take. Uh, two or three stylescapes, mm -hmm. and then 
then actually we are uh, when we are just done with uh, you know talking about the style escapes and one direction is approved I uh, start designing and sketching for the logo and the color palette and stuff and that's you know that is that uh, design part that is not very actually rigid and it's not very um, it, it, it doesn't follow any framework it happens like <laughs> you have to sketch and just uh, do things and explore a lot of uh, options, then yes, that's the design phase. But actually, the, the most important and most, uh, to me, the most important part is that discovery sessions when we are talking about that identity part of that brand and their true potential, their market, their audience, whatever, that makes them unique and makes them just um, apps and like uh, what makes them stand out and what potential they have mm -hmm. as a brand. Just, yeah, these are stuff really important. Right. That's, that's basically what you're doing there is brand strategy by having the discovery session. Yeah. I mean, that's... I don't want to call it brand strategy because, you know, clients... There's so much stuff that goes into it, but that's like the sure. core... That's the core yeah. of it is is getting to know the client. Like you're talking about sketching and Andy, this is this is some of the stuff I did. I'm holding up sketches right now for just quick thumbnails of packaging that I was thinking of doing and how I was going to format yeah. it. And and I always I always do this. And just yeah. to just to get the ideas out, if anything. And then that leads to something else. So it's always like this ongoing problem solve and it's so much fun. I'm so glad that you you said that you like to sketch first. And there's some people, we talked to Avila last week, uh, who does packaging design, actual packaging engineering. And uh, he said there's people that he talks to that go straight into the computer because that is their form of sketching. And I'm just amazed by that because I feel as designers, there is, there is some form of art that we do mm -hmm. as far as making something feel a bit more tangible, making it feel more real. And I feel a little bit of that it's lost for people who jump directly onto the computer. Now, I'm not saying don't, you can't do it or don't do it. I'm just saying that's not for me. And it's nice to hear other designers and, and seeing your, your work and seeing how things are formulated. It's, it's so clean and so precise and icons are just so well thought out. And it's like, wow, but it makes sense that you were discovering you know, not only with your client, but also with your sketching and figuring things out and how they work together and, and things of that nature. Um, I, li I like that you mentioned that your process is not, this is, it isn't rigid. Right. You, you have, you have some, um, you know, flexibility in it that it's like, well, sometimes we, you know, some clients do have this, you know, particular part of the project done and then others have this and that and the other. And so like, you know the the I think having that sort of organic flexibility, holistic approach allows for the creativity to come in, and you know you're not just stuck in this like nope, this is what the job jacket says, this is yeah. the parameters, and we have to do boom, 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 boom. You're sort of leaving some doors open to explore, and that's what makes great work. 
um, actually, when we're talking about design, okay, we need to, we always say design is not art, art is not design, but it has a, you know, some sort of art in it, okay? Yeah. We are kind of, you know, controlled artists, like we are, <laughs> we have that, you know, art and creativity. We are just, uh, like we are using that art to do something and yeah. to solve a problem so we need to mm -hmm. have that artistic side active you know when are uh, we are when we just i uh, use pencil and paper it more senses are engaged like you are bringing that uh into work and that's not a mechanical thing to do you are putting your senses into work and you're creating something that has a feeling has you know um some sort of art in it even if sometimes it happens that the, that the final uh, work is done on computer and it's not mm -hmm. even um, along those sketches that I have already done, but that process itself, you know, is important. You know, that adds on to the final uh, result that is going to happen maybe even on the computer. Just that process is important. It's creating something using your hands, touching that paper, you know, feelings are important that you have to be able to use your senses. Like even the music I listen to while doing sketches or mm -hmm. that, you know, I use uh, those, uh, you know, special, you know, uh, perfumes in my room to, to, you know, senses are important, you know, my, my feminine side. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. a uh, very important as a person yeah it creates yeah. that um that um, mentality that uh creative uh let's say what magic yeah. whatever yeah yeah oh, environment yeah yep that's so great i i, I want to know what perfumes you use because i it might help me as well it's Usually it just happens to be essences of the coffee or sparkling water that I'm drinking <laughs> that I get. But Andy and I had an entire episode uh, designed by discotheque. Like we talked about the music <laughs> that we listen to and yeah. it's definitely, it definitely sets a, mute, uh, a mood. We by yeah. nature, people, I think people were, we're, I'm not a religious person, but I do think that there's a certain, you know, you, uh, energy that the, that the universe gives out like there's a certain energy that's out there and and there's ways to catch bad energy there's ways to catch good energy and there's ways to put you in certain moods when you're working on things and and i know that music plays a major part in that for me um you know we're, we're getting ready to close uh but i do want to say that to hold on after we do the soft close i want to say a proper goodbye when we're done so that's part of it but also i want to know if there's any last words of wisdom you would like to tell people you know other than quit being a teacher and start being a designer because everybody <laughs> can do that of course <laughs> what wisdom i just um i personally as a person not a designer or, or a teacher or whatever i personally believe that uh, we should go beyond what we think is possible and just uh believe in our ability to make the world a better place you know no matter where we live what we do and uh that's something that i really believe in and I, as a person i really want to make 
uh, you know, people believe in that, not just brands. Every single person that I just talk to, I just try to make him or her believe and go beyond whatever he's doing and whatever he's experiencing, she's experiencing and believe in his or her own personal power to make an impact, make a difference. Wow. And that's something that I kind of, you know, if, if only there is, you know, if one thing people would remember about me, I want it to be this, like to just uh, go beyond who they are and just make an impact. Oh, no matter how, how small, okay, just do something, mm-hmm. just leave a legacy, uh, use your power you know, because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you are going to die and I think Jeez. this would be the worst. Spoiler yeah, alert. Me. Okay, not you. <laughs> that, 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 that's the biggest regret I would have if I'm not leaving, uh, you know, my potential. If I mm-hmm. just, uh, just do something, maybe even a very successful designer, uh, earn a lot of money or whatever, but, at you know, the moment that the moment that I die, I want to be happy with, uh, you know, using that life that I had, that life opportunity that I had, to make the world a better place, to mm-hmm. leave it better than I found it. So that's wow. what I really do. Damn, I'm ready. I'm fired up now. I'm ready to go go tackle the word and learn some stuff. This is great. I love it. Like I was yes. just I was expecting, you know, just take your time and learn to do creative things. Like, no, you need to go out there and do what you gotta do and be better. You're not doing enough. I'm so much not kidding, yeah. you didn't say it that way, but it felt that way to me. I I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and hold on, we're just gonna yes. say goodbye and then we're gonna say goodbye again. That I hope that made sense, but um I I'm Kirk Faisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this has been the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast with our very special guest, Miss Selma Makwi. And we're out of here. See ya. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Selma. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Selma. That was awesome. It was so lovely. You guys are awesome. Yeah, oh, you're you're awesome. Yeah, when, when I first when I first met Selma, I'm like, hey. You should-